welcome to another episode of Parminio for the modern day chief of staff message and mission engaging for impact through stakeholder engagement and management that's the topic of this podcast now in our message and mission series of podcasts we described how you create a consistent vision and a common purpose to unify the organization and move towards that common destination. In the first in our message and mission series of podcasts, we described how you articulate a big picture and create a common theme using consistent language. In the second in our message and mission series of podcasts, we described how you align and bind the organization towards that goal, towards that end state by using OKRs objectives and key results and how the chief of staff can implement OKRs, can manage and fine tune them over time. In our third installment in the message and mission series of podcasts, we described how you can use goal setting best practices as a chief of staff in increase goal commitment in the organization. And then we've also described something that is inherent in all three of those things, which is transformational leadership. And in our transformational leadership podcast, we described how the chief of staff can motivate, inspire, guide, and take into consideration the needs of the followers in order to better motivate and inspire uh, people in the organization. One other key skill and success factor that is fundamental in terms of moving and shaping an organization towards a goal is a skill set of stakeholder engagement and management. Um, Now, on the CEO Genome Project, which is a long-running 10-year project which has been undertaken to identify the most important attributes of successful CEOs, one of the top four um, CEO attributes from that study is what's called engaging for impact. And that's all about stakeholder management. And what that research has shown us is that the top performing CEOs are all very, very good at quote unquote engaging for impact. And that means getting buy-in from employees and stakeholders, understanding the needs and motivations of stakeholders and also planning and executing in a very disciplined manner communication and influencing strategies of your stakeholders in an organization. Um, Part of that research uh, study also showed that CEOs that deftly engage stakeholders were 75% more effective in their role as a CEO. So we can see that stakeholder engagement, stakeholder management is a skill set and an attribute which is found and very common among top performing CEOs. Management is one that is vital to organizational change and towards moving an organization towards common goals and objectives. Thus, it's a very important skill set for a chief of staff to have. So on this episode of the podcast, we are going to walk through the steps involved in stakeholder engagement and management. And the first step is really all about stakeholder identification. How do we identify the stakeholders for a different project or initiative? The second step 
is about stakeholder mapping. How do we take those stakeholders once we've identified them and segment them and map them? And then the third step is around stakeholder engagement. Now that we've identified them, we've segmented and mapped them, how do we engage them going forward so that we understand their needs and their motivation, any concerns that they have, and incorporate them into the initiative or project so that they become supporters and not detractors. So that's what we're going to cover on, on this episode of the podcast. Now, before we get into it, let's just, let's just give a definition of what a stakeholder is. Now, this is according to W. Edward Freeman, who wrote a, a, a landmark book on this in 1984. What he says is that a stakeholder is any group or individual that can affect or is affected by the achievement of an organization's objectives. Okay. Um, some other research that was done by Paul Nutt, his, his book in 2002, uh, uh, which, called, which is called Why Decisions Fail. His research showed that 50% of all failed projects failed largely due to not taking into attention the needs of stakeholders. So stakeholder engagement, stakeholder management, understanding stakeholder needs is a vital and important skill for a chief of staff to have. Okay, let's go back to a case study that we've been using around Microsoft and Satya Nadella. Now we know that uh, one of the things that Satya has done is really transform that organization. He's created a consistent vision and a common purpose and move that organization towards that consistent vision. Um, at Microsoft, what he says is that we are embracing our future towards the intelligent cloud and the intelligent edge. And three things that that takes into consideration is artificial intelligence. This helps Microsoft's ability to really focus on artificial intelligence. Number two, Computing on the edge in the cloud is more powerful, so it makes sense to head towards that vision. And number three, the virtual and physical worlds are colliding, and, and in, as Microsoft embraces their future on the cloud and edge, it will allow them to take advantage of that and exploit that to a higher degree. Now, we, we said earlier, structure follows strategy. That's a well-known stra you know, strategic management concept. Well. As Microsoft is making these changes, right, and articulating this new vision um, and this consistent vision and this common purpose which Satya Nadella has articulated, the organization is going to have to do some things or, you know, in terms of organizational changes. And it just so happens that is exactly what has happened. If we look at some recent press releases around Microsoft, we can see this. I'm going to read off just a few of them here. Number one, Microsoft has a new cloud and AI platform team. It has a new team, it has a new leader in Scott Guthrie. Microsoft has a new AI perceptions team. Again, brand new team, brand new leader. Microsoft has an AI cognitive services team. Brand new team, brand new leader. So what you can see here is that Microsoft has formed a bunch of big new teams they have placed new people in charge of these teams. And as a matter of fact, Microsoft now has over 8,000 employees that have specializations in AI, artificial intelligence. So they've had big organizational changes in their structure to support their strategy. 
Now let's just suppose that you are Satya Nadella's chief of staff. And before that, before Microsoft and Satya has moved to make these organizational changes, they're in the planning stages. You know, Satya knows, you know, you're his chief of staff, that you're gonna have to make some organizational changes to change and structure things so that you are focused on AI, so that you are focused on computing on the edge, so that you are focused on the virtual and physical worlds colliding. Satya has challenged you to develop a stakeholder engagement plan to spearhead these organizational changes that are gonna happen, all right? Now, what is the process that you go about that, right? So that's the challenge that we're gonna have here. So first of all, we mentioned earlier, First step is stakeholder identification, right? How do we identify who the relevant stakeholders are? The second step, stakeholder mapping. How do we segment these stakeholders? And then the third step, stakeholder engagement. How do we manage and engage, influence and communicate with the stakeholders in an ongoing manner throughout the project? Okay, so let's, let's go through the first step, stakeholder identification. Uh, what do we do here to uh, address this issue. Well, I'm going to go through four methodologies which you can use to identify stakeholders. Number one is simple brainstorming approach. So this is where you have a number of the core project team members. You get in a room and you brainstorm who the likely stakeholders are, right? So you have this organizational change here at Microsoft. You can pretty much go through uh, some of the top well-known stakeholders. Well, you're going to be making these organizational changes and forming new teams. Who's going to be affected by that? There's probably going to be some people that are promoted. Very likely some people whose jobs will be eliminated. It's also likely that there will be reporting changes in structure. So all those people are going to have a, have a stake in this organizational change, right? You know, finance will have a will have a stake. HR will have a stake. Potentially, customers could be impacted by this, right? So you can use a brainstorming method. The, the second method is what's called structured questions. This is where you have a list of predefined questions, and as you're going through them, you the answers will clearly articulate who the stakeholders are. Um, so, for example, I'll read through some structured questions. Number one, sets the organizational goals that drive the necessity for this project. Who is that? In this case, it's Satya Nadella, the CEO. Next question, will assign people for this project team? Well, who is going to assign people for this project team? Anybody that does is gonna have some kind of a stake in this project. Is the person or the executive sponsor of this project? That's another question. Will manage this project? represents organizational policies governing this project, represents regulations or laws affecting this project, will have their work disrupted by this project, will have to change their systems or processes because of this project. So if you can develop a, a, a list of comprehensive structured questions for different types of projects, one could be organizational change, one could be a new product development. One could be a, a public works project, building a new office building, for example. One could be natural resources project if you're in a public sector type organization. I really like uh, structured questions because it allows you to have a much more precise and defined approach 
um, to identifying stakeholders rather than just brainstorming. I like to start with structured questions first, then use brainstorming as a follow-on, right? Another uh, stakeholder identification method is what's called snowballing. Snowballing means once you've identified your initial stakeholders, you then have um, interviews or focus groups with those stakeholders to identify secondary stakeholders that may be lying below the surface. These are, this is a good method when you're doing uh, a, public a public works project or a natural resources or a land use project where you may have um, nonprofit groups, citizen groups, NGOs, non-governmental organizations that have a stake or an interest in the project, right? And you're not sure how to identify them. So snowballing is a good technique to identify those secondary and third layer type stakeholders. Uh, the fourth method, method is what's called decision trails. This is where you list all decisions that are made uh, uh, during a project and you identify who is responsible for authorizing them, who is responsible for deciding on specific aspects of those decisions, and who has veto power. So those are four methods that you can use uh, to identify stakeholders in any initiative or project. Okay, so let's say we've gone through that process now. We've identified the stakeholders in this organizational change project at Microsoft. Now, how do we start the process of mapping them? Well, there's different methods that you can use. I'm gonna walk through one common method. And one common method is what's called an influence and interest mapping exercise. In that exercise, what we can do is we can assemble a two by two matrix and on one axis we'll have influence or influence and power. And on the other axis we'll have interest, interest or impact, right? Um, so let's just say on the vertical axis, we're gonna have influence and we can have low at the bottom and high at the top. And then on the horizontal axis, we can have interest. And on interest, we have low interest on the left-hand side and high interest on the right-hand side. And then what we do is we can map out the stakeholders. So let's just go through a, a few examples. Let's just say we have employees in the organization that are going to be impacted. They may be shifting departments. Well, um, they have an interest, but have, they don't have a lot of influence or power to affect the decision, right? So we're going to say that they have a high level of interest because they're concerned about their jobs and their futures, um, but they have very, very little relative uh, power or influence, right? So. In this case, they would be on the bottom right-hand corner of this two-by-two two matrix, right? Uh, the high interest label, low uh, influence. Let's just say now that we have some executives on the leadership team and people that are gonna be impacted by these new organizational changes, right? These are people that may be jockeying for position um, in some of the political uh, machinations that are outcome of these organizational changes. So they may have a very likely high interest and they have considerable influence and power in the organization, right? These are the people that we're gonna put in the top right-hand corner. So they have high interest, high influence. Uh, also, people that are impacted may be other ancillary groups in the organization, such as sales and, ex and account teams, right? 
we may put those people up there too, some of the executives and leadership, because they may have some concerns around the organizational changes and how it impacts their customers and how their, the service of their customers may be impacted. So they may have some serious concerns about the project as it's, as it's being um, implemented. So I'm gonna put those in the top right-hand corner as well. Finance, HR, they have a, you know, they have a, a medium to high interest. Um, they have high influence. I'm gonna put them kind of in the top left-hand corner in the, in the middle area there. So they have medium level interest. Of course, they have an interest in terms of the project outcome and their head of finance, head of HR, and they have considerable uh, influence and power in the organization. Um, those are people that we wanna inform and consult on an ongoing basis, right? So basically what we wanna do here is take all our stakeholders and those, there's more stakeholders that are gonna be involved in this project, but this is just to give an example um, purpose. Once we have these stakeholders mapped on here, then what we want to do is use this as a segmentation scheme for ongoing stakeholder engagement, okay? So in the bottom left-hand corner, low interest, low influence, those are, those are people that we want to inform. We want to keep them informed of what's happening as we're going through this project, right? Now, in an organizational change initiative, um, usually what happens is because things are very close to the best and confidential, there's not going to be a lot of informing until the project comes close to completion, right? In the bottom uh, right-hand corner and then the top left-hand corner, we're going to use an informing consult model. Informing consulting is about um, getting feedback from people, listening to their concerns and providing feedback. So you can see with you know, finance and HR, they have some concerns, so they're gonna to have to change um, their systems. Um, finance is gonna be responsible for moving budgets and understanding the cost of this project. So they're gonna to wanna to be, you know, tightly wound into this project, but their concerns are a little bit different than people that are directly impacted, right? So I'm gonna inform and consult those. And then in the top right-hand corner, these are executives that are going to be intimately involved in this, people that are going to be impacted by these changes, people that might you know, lose their jobs. I'm going to use the Inform, Consult, and Collaborate model. Now, these people are going to be involved in formulating the solution to this problem. So they're going to be much more tightly involved in this project. Now, one of the things that you're doing as you're, you're going out forward and initiating this project um, once you've segmented them, so segment one, I have inform. That means keep them informed. Segment two, I have inform and consult, getting feedback, listening to concerns, providing feedback, right? And then the third segment, I have inform, consult, and collaborate. So each of those segments, I can have different communication methods and I can have different communication vehicles. Inform is pretty much a one-way communication street, right? We're informing people about specific things of the project. Inform and consult is a little bit more two-way dialogue, right? So that may involve some meetings, some focus groups, some one-on-one -on -one meetings. And then inform, consult, and collaborate, um, of course, is more involved. Now, one of the things I might do in the inform and consult and collaborate group is, is develop an interview protocol, so a qualitative interview where I'm going out and meeting with people that have a high level of interest and high power and 
walking through the project and understanding their concerns and their issues with it so that we take those into account as we're formulating our solution to this project. Those may be people that are concerned about the impact on customer deliverables and customer services, right? How do we address those concerns uh, early on in the project so that those people feel really good about how things are proceeding, right? So as I issue out and talk through people using this interview protocol, I can understand their concerns, their motivations, their needs, and then we can really articulate a communication and an influence strategy so these people are heavily involved and they feel their concerns and the issues are being addressed. All right. Okay, so those three segments will dictate how we engage with each stakeholder group in an ongoing matter. All right, so there we have it. We had step one, which was stakeholder identification, and we walked through different methods to identify stakeholders. Step two, stakeholder mapping. We've identified a mapping technique based on interest and influence. Now what we've done is we've taken our stakeholders and segmented them onto this two by two matrix. Step three is a stakeholder engagement plan. How do we communicate and influence these stakeholders in an ongoing manner? What we've done is we've used three different segments, inform, inform and consult, inform, consult, and collaborate to develop communication and influencing strategies on an ongoing basis as we execute this initiative. So if you're Satya Nadella's chief of staff and he has asked you to do this, this is one method that you can use. Three steps. Um, it's quite clear and simple how you use it, but it can be used very effectively to develop in a well thought out and disciplined stakeholder management and engagement plan so that Satya can engage for impact in the organization, get everybody to buy into the organizational changes and move the organization forward. All right, so I want to thank you once again for listening to this episode of Parminio.